and welcome to Let's Get Psyched, a program that explores the controversial and challenging issues from a psychological and psychiatric perspective, as well as the implications for clinical practice. I'm your host, psychologist Dr. Aaron Parks of University of California Riverside's Counseling and Psychological Services. I'm joined by my co-host, second year child and adolescent psychiatry fellow at the University of California Riverside, Dr. Tosha Yamaguchi. Hi, Tosha. Hi, Dr. Parks. Third year psychiatry resident at UCR, Dr. Edgar Ortega. Hi, Edgar. Hello, Dr. Parks. And third-year psychiatry resident at UCR, Dr. Joshua Poole. Hi, Joshua. How you doing, Dr. Parker? <laughs> the views expressed on Let's Get Psyched are those of the speaker. They do not represent the University of California, UC Riverside's Counseling and Psychological Services, or UCR's School of Medicine. I think, I, you know, at, at some point, Joshua, when I introduce you, I'm just <laughs> going to hear just, <sighs> and I'm just going to assume, I'm just going to assume that it was you. I just, I it'll, just, it'll be sweet nothing. <laughs> Oh <laughs> so on today's show, we're going to talk about um, storytelling, um, myths, and how they factor into the psyche and the, and the construction of the self, uh, into therapy. That that would, perhaps would be more my angle. Um, but uh, y- y- you know, do, what what are people's um, experience or understandings of how how they tell their own life story, perhaps, maybe. Do they, do they see it as a, a, a story of triumph? Do they see it as um, a lot of bumps in the road? They, they look at it as unfinished, as like an unfinished kind of uh, story. Um, do they feel like uh, they are we're, they... we're all squinting at you, Dr. Martin. Like, what are you trying to get at? Like, like what's the no. common team? In, in I terms think of I, it's probably because I'm sure my own. We have the most quizzical looks on our face. I'm thinking of my like... own self. I feel like I do kind of look back at my life, maybe because I'm old. That's why I think you young people are like, what? Uh, we're living our life in the moment. I guess you're in the past, Dr. Parks. For anybody uh, who hasn't seen Dr. Parks, he looks 33. Okay. Looks my age. Yeah, yes, but, yes, but the mind is important. But the mind. The memories. The, the memories. Of years me. of memories. Um, <laughs> and so, I, yeah, I think about my life story, and I'm going to say – my the arc of my life and the story arc of it changes. It does change periodically. Um, in different years, I, I'll even say different different jobs. I feel like probably different jobs and and like and and you know graduating college and stuff. Those are the chapters I, I'll say. But I definitely um, I definitely retell it to myself, and it, it factors into how good I feel about my life. That's just me. So, so I guess I guess you all young people I guess you just living in. Living so in are you, maybe are you the hero the hero of your story then, Doctor? I definitely, the which is a good thing to bring teams. up, Edgar, because I I I do try to think of myself as um, the protagonist is doing his best and is um, is genuinely trying to do his best now. Not coincidentally. Well, oh my I, gosh. Do you guys remember in that dream episode? One of you guys said that you had a dream recently where you were a bystander in your own dream. <laughs> oh, you for sure. That? Yeah, I've been a bystander oh in my God, dream. That was so funny. A lot of times. I, I've been like, um, I've had dreams where I, I, I'm watching TV. Like I'm, but the, the action is You're the watching yourself watch yeah. TV? Or? Yeah. Okay. Uh, um, I realize that I'm watching TV. I'm watching a scene play out and that's the dream. The dream is the scene mm. playing out. But I'm watching mm. it. Yeah. No, but, no, no, I mean, I, but that's a good point, Edgar, as far as like um, things like in therapy, I, I will try to help people reach that kind of 
conclusion in some ways because I feel like, you know, especially with folks that are depressed, there's a lot of conclusions that they've drawn about their life or about um, themselves where they'll be very negative for themselves or they'll think that they, um, they're not trying hard enough and they're making a lot of mistakes and there's something wrong with them. And, you know, really, once, once you get, I've never found this not to be true, but once you get into it, they've really done their best. They've tried. They've been very resourceful. Um, they have a lot of different abilities and talents and really kind of little smart things that they always do, but they're not quite aware of that, either because they're comparing themselves to someone else's story, perhaps, or they're, they've had this narrative that's been constructed by their parents that has been negative, that's been, that, they're, that there's some sort of constant failure, they're constantly screwing up, and they're not, they're not fulfilling the dreams that they wanted them to fulfill, that kind of thing. Or maybe so, yeah. their partners. Maybe they're what now? Or maybe their partners, like their romantic right. partners. Right, right. So, like, trauma. So, it's in, in terms of, like, uh, I guess, narrative and storytelling and myths, it's more what you're trying to say is like with therapy we can do reconstruct reconstruct the narrative that might be focused on the negative aspects of your life you know you help them you guide them to like focus on the positive things so that you have a now a positive story you can reflect back right. and it doesn't affect your mood although i will say that i do not think of it like that because i feel like someone that speaking from someone who's been depressed i don't want someone to tell me when I, if I'm depressed, I'm going to a clinician. Hey, look on the bright side. Bub. <laughs> you know, and I, I, I would hate Bub. that. I would walk out immediately. <laughs> so I, I'm very careful to not have it appear that that's what I'm doing. Because I'm, I feel like I don't want to do it that way. I want to say, let's just look at what happened. Okay. I, just, I say, let's look at it accurately. And in that effort, though, that they will discover, is my confidence that they will discover mm-hmm. things that they... We're very resourceful, very resilient. It's kind of like you want to lead them through a thought experiment, mm-hmm. right? That's yeah. what it is. And that you're, yeah, you're in it as a team. You're doing it together rather than like, oh, I'm the expert and this is all the knowledge. Right. I've totally analyzed you already. And the moment you walk through this door, let me just tell you what I think about you. Right. No, that's true, too. <laughs> but what um, there, there's a lot of research um, behind some of this um, as far as um you finding themes in people's lives um identifying with a story telling them a story as a way to understand what's going on with them in their lives it's it's a real talent some people have a real talent oh totally okay so one of the podcasts that i listen to regularly i've spoken about it so many times on this podcast actually my favorite murder so they have live shows and in their live show at the end they invite an audience member to come up and tell a story um that has to do so it's a a true crime podcast so it's some sort of true crime that is directly related to their life either like it happened in their hometown or it happened to a family member or themselves something like that and they have this whole spiel that they have to run through the hosts every every show before they bring someone up to explain like it needs to be fast it's got to be like quick paced it's got to have a beginning a middle and an end so they have to explain to the audience like how to tell a story and then you see the audience like over the years gradually there's some people who stand out as great storytellers and they engage the audience so much that there's so much applause at the end you know and and the things that i've been reading about storytelling is is that in a way you are conveying your own level of humanity to other people 
and you connect obviously through other people by sharing these emotions with them as you tell the story it's it's like you're you're sharing an experience with them um so it's it, it's it's an instant connection depending on how well you can tell that story so that brings up a question for me do you think that you know kind of the corollary or the inverse of that like could you tell a lot about somebody you're doing therapy with by the way they tell a story. Yeah, I mean, if they're particularly good at telling a story, like really charming or something, you uh, might wonder how superficial or genuine they now, there's, are. There's actually, you know, the thematic apperception test for children and adults. There's different versions. That's actually a part of a psycho- psychological assessment. Well, you show them these really ambiguous pictures. There's different mm-hmm. sets for, for kids and adults, but you show, show them these ambiguous pictures. Shadow, sometimes they're shadowy figures like in the background and someone laying on a couch and, and then you ask them, create a story. What happened? What was going on before? What was going on during? And then uh, what are the emotions that the, the people in the, in, the, in the picture are experiencing? And it tells a lot. It says a lot about the person based on the story that they say. So you know, Can you give us examples? I, well, there's one, there's one where there's, you know, this person's kind of on the, uh, on the couch kind of, or on the bed, kind of laying on the bed. And then some people, you know, are depressed or, or just, just kind of just re- really depressed and, 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 and maybe suicidal. They'll think about them dying or that, that there was a murder or something or um, how there's always a tra- there's a tragic ending where it's, it could be just someone sleeping on a bed, taking a nap. So that's less rested. about how they tell the story, but more about the content of the story, right? That's more yeah. about how they interpret the image. The ambiguous stimuli, right, in the, yeah. that's in the picture. It, it right. might be uh, sort of akin to what we do in like the mental status exam, where like there's thought content and then there's thought process. Like, what are your ideas? And then thought processes, how do those ideas relate to one another? Are they linear and cohesive? Do they go together in as much as a story? Or are they circumstantial? Or where they kind of go around in circles? They don't really punctuate at any point. Like, I think that I think that is interesting. Because like, while we're using it to evaluate for somebody who has disorganized processes, like someone who has schizophrenia or other psychotic illness, that might be interesting to evaluate like how people relate the story of themselves to you. If it's like this long meandering thing with no real middle uh, beginning, middle or end that might tell you a little bit about how their thoughts go. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, like they, true. they don't think in any kind of punctuated organized way. Is that reflective of how they see their life meandering kind of if facts move like that, is that how they interpret the world? Right. You know? Well, it's, or maybe it's, if the, sorry, go ahead. I was just going to add that it's just different people with different experiences, right? So you're trying to make sense of your feelings, your perceptions, your surroundings, and that the, the way you display that, it's by the experiences that you're going through, right? What if it's like your childhood? Yeah. What if it was trauma? Yeah, definitely. Your reactions, you know, behaviors. And you put that in a, like in a narrative that you can create. I was also going to say um, in terms of maybe um, the the content of the story, if maybe the, the client kind of focuses on details that don't really matter so much, you know, I might 
be thinking more like let's say they focus a lot on um oh yeah and then someone pulled up in a truck the truck was red it was a chevy blah 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 you know i might be thinking more of um autism if that was all throughout the story yeah yeah i mean a lot of times like some of the the pictures in that in that tat test they they pull for certain themes and if they don't go there you can kind of say well something going on with your social um uh, connectedness and ability to read social situations like you're not seeing the, the meta message here and what's going on you're you're picking out mm -hmm. these little like um, you know insignificant details mm -hmm. yeah it says a lot Emma, you, you know what do you think you know you have this kind of you know people kind of create a story about themselves and they kind of about their life you know and they characterize it and oftentimes depressed people will come in and they'll tell you that right from the beginning my life has been about this it's been about failure it's been about I'm, I've not been able to get do what I want to do or be the person I want to be so they'll tell you the story right after that and in a sense, in a way, you're kind of um, like, I feel like um, I'm part of my, like my mission in, in a successful therapy is to create a counter, like an alternative story, right? Now, right. in a way, do we all do that? Do we all kind of wrestle with and at times incorporate and reject other people's stories about us? Totally. Yeah, and, do, and, and how, uh, what, do, what do you do and what, what, do, what do we do in society now to create or to manage the hell, to, 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 um, to wrestle with it and manage it? The, the, well, it's this, like we were this, talking about like Instagram earlier. Yeah, social like, media, social media yeah. posting is a way to create your, your and get counter the narrative. Like you're, I, I'm going to make right? sure like, that people Isn't that that nexus where right. what people's thoughts are about me and then my thoughts about myself, that's where those intersect, I feel like. You know, I think like we like we were talking about before. Um, <clears throat> I've said it like four times today, so I, sorry for the redundancy. But the idea that identity is just the story you tell yourself about yourself—the idea that you only exist in like who you are, in as much as the story you're telling yourself, whether consciously or subconsciously. So I feel like it's that fake it till you make it kind of thing with social media, where if you can project mm -hmm. a certain amount of that, that might become your identity after enough time. Sorry, I have a puppy and he doesn't listen to reason. Puppy. <laughs> well, you that's I mean? the identity yeah. that you might want other people to believe with social media, right? Because everything is about like fame, about what's the new trend, I want to be famous, things like that. So that's more of, that's like your alternative identity that you might one of the people to believe that you are because that's you know the social media thing to do now yeah you, you have said. your outward self and you have your in inward self like yeah mm -hmm. you have your projection your managed micromanaged perhaps projection of who you are and then you have your actual self right the way you said that edgar you said uh, alter, alter ego no like an alternative uh no alternative. like just like identity like identity. A, it's not like you have an identity right that you might identify with, but sometimes on through social media, because you are caring more of what the others, your public wants to know or see on you, you may have a different version of yourself in that, whether if it's conscious or not conscious, I'm right. not sure. Yeah, it brings to mind the idea of the, sorry, that's, I got confused, the idea of the alter ego. And I find it interesting yeah. that in that language, that the fact that we use the term alter ego, ego is a very Freudian mm -hmm. way to identify the self. 
So it's it's like sort of this schism between the two selves, which I I don't I don't know. I think that's that's the the malleable part of therapy is if you can get somebody to tell a different story about themselves. Maybe that's where mm-hmm. the therapeutic effect comes from. That's definitely it. Reframing, right? That's the whole mm-hmm. idea of reframing. Right. Which is so powerful. If you're just joining us, you're listening to Let's Get Psyched on KUCR. And we're talking about storytelling, story making, and how stories define ourselves and um, define other people. Because you probably tell stories about other people, too, in their lives, and, and that characterizes them. Um, I, you know, Actually, when you're talking about a lot of social media posting, um, I, I, I immediately thought, wow, if I had someone that, when I have a client that has, there's a lot of social media posting and a lot of investment in creating a certain image or whatnot, um, I feel like, oh, I'm got, got my work cut out for me because it's, uh, I feel like that to me, maybe I'm just biased, but to me, that means that there is less occupation and connection with your actual self, mm-hmm. like all your unconscious and unconscious motives and desires and needs and things like that. It, it suddenly your first reaction is to create some sort of image of who you are. And then and in, in a way you want to believe it. And and then, you know, if that can be swallowed by everyone out there who's receiving those messages, then that reinforces it. And then you kind yeah. of feel that way if they treat you, if they think that you're like that from what you've mm-hmm. projected. So I, I feel like that I have it's tough. I feel like, I feel it's like, like projective identification right. of the self. Right. <laughs> That's a good way yeah. to say it. Yeah. Is that like escaping? That- in what way? Like escaping your, like you're not happy with your identity or yeah. whatever it is. And yeah. you try to escape because you, you don't like maybe who you are or you like more the, the, the social media part of you. But when you're not doing that, then you go back to yours and then you're you more know, affected by that. You know that. what I think it is? I think it's just that storytelling and myths are just so ubiquitous in our culture. You know, it's yeah. in our entertainment. It's mm-hmm. in advertisements, which are always in mm-hmm. our face. It's in politics, journalism, it's in everything that we consume, right? Whether voluntarily or involuntarily, that it naturally is going to seep into how we interpret ourselves and how we understand ourselves. What I'm wondering is, and I didn't think to look this up before our episode, but I'm wondering if in like more Eastern societies or like, you know, Asian societies that are more communal, if they have such similar way of thinking about their lives um and and themselves you know their identity is so much based off of their their themselves being a protagonist in their own story do you know what i mean perhaps it's more along the lines of because it's more communal and like collectivist perhaps it has more to do with like uh ancestry and genealogy so what's the story of your family are you Mm. gonna give you know, if the story of your family is one of you need to redeem yourself because, you know, there was some yeah. big embarrassment right. or something, mm-hmm. that would probably define you. Or if, like, my family is a very noble one, that's a story. Or even not even just the generations of family, but even the generations of you, right? Because mm-hmm. of reincarnation. Mm-hmm. There's the legacy well, of yourself yo. is more drawn yeah. out rather than just in this life. <laughs> right, because it's culture, oh, like culture bound, right? It's based on traditions, your culture, maybe taboos, whatever. Mm-hmm. It's going to happen in your community and your beliefs as well. So, I, I yeah, I agree with you guys. What you're saying is probably what what they think about themselves in their, their being the protagonist versus maybe what we do in here, which is a separate story, you know? Yeah. You know, every society, 
as far back as you can count them and on all over the world has had a designation of a storyteller within it. Right. There, there is somebody yes. in that society and, you know, in earlier societies before there was a pretty large distinction between what was history, what was science, what was philosophy, what was, it was all kind of encapsulated in the storyteller and myth and history really didn't separate that much. When Why societies were, were myths early. so important? Like to me, in my mind, myths have been mm-hmm. so important because they pass on culture, passes on traditions, right? Passes on identity. Mm-hmm. You know what? I mean, if you think about Greeks right now, if you think about the Greeks, you probably think about okay, probably some philosophy, probably some robes, whatever. But I guarantee <laughs> one of the top five, <laughs> if not top three, things somebody will think about when you say Greek is Greek myths. Right. Mm-hmm. Totally, yeah. It, we all kind of know about them. Mm-hmm. What's that? Or hear about it. No, I, now that you brought up like a mythology or a myth, when I used to think about a myth, it's like there might not be completely true, right? There might be some association based on, yeah, the, the experiences, the narrative, the, the, the Greeks, for example, created. But mm-hmm. it, it, is a myth completely true or not? It becomes truth in as much as what, is it, what it says about your nature and your humanity. And so, like, Joseph Campbell, for instance, we talk, he did, like, the hero's journey and whatever, um, which people have critiqued as being too Western. But whatever. The point being, you, each of these cultures seems to have these similar themes that crop up. And I think mm-hmm. it's important because each of those themes somehow has to be fundamental to what it means to be human. And that's why they keep coming up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you just need... Bear. Yeah, sorry. New renditions every year. Sorry, that's that's the end of my sentence. No, sorry, sorry about that. Yeah, you probably could be a very um, skilled clinician um, if you were to learn some of these myths and and the, and the storytelling of that of a culture, and yeah. then apply it during therapy. You know, in in relating some of the things that you're you're trying to help the person with. Because you know, because you know, even the, like you were talking about Joseph Campbell and the hero's journey. I mean, there's it's not a smooth linear line to success mm-hmm. you know so you can kind of interpret right. what people are going through with using that kind of uh, paradigm and and i feel yeah, like i just art. make a little comment in here too because we talk about therapy too but i feel like in the new era of like or recent era, era of medicine we're looking into models like being culto- culturally sensitive to other people to other you know uh backgrounds and things like that to be able to build better that rapport and be able to treat the, your patient better i'm sure it's in a similar way done, whether it's medication management or psychotherapy, whether you're incorporating the narrative of, of the people by being aware of those things and, I guess, having some knowledge as well. You know, as I'm thinking about it more, and I think about my own relationship to understanding storytelling, I remember listening to Ira Glass. He came to UC Davis where I went to undergrad. Um, he came and spoke, and he started the uh, event with the lights being completely out in the Mandavi Center. And it was just his voice. He was sitting up on the stage. Um, we couldn't see him. It was dark, obviously. And it was just his voice coming through the speakers. And it was like the intimate experience you have when you listen to him in the po- on the podcast, you know. Mm. But you're in a crowd of people. Um, it was, that was so, so, um, I, I don't know. It meant, it, me- it was very it meant a lot to me but one of the things he said was um the important part of his podcast this american life was finding was connecting the story itself to 
an emotion or a moral, right? So when we think about using it in therapy, like of course this tradition of storytelling is imparting a lesson. So of course we're going to co-op storytelling into therapy, mm. right? Mm-hmm. And There's like, an intrinsic and, morality to it. And of course we are also going to try to make write a story for ourselves because by creating a story about ourselves, we are giving our life meaning, we are trying to put meaning to our lives, right? How many of you have taken one of those, you know, BuzzFeed quizzes that says, which character from X, Y, and Z am I? Oh, yeah. yeah or like, I which piece those. of toast am I or whatever? They're in like all the girl magazines. <laughs> right. In a way, you're identifying with the stories, right? And they, they're asking you, okay, how do you relate? And in a, that's sort of like, what's your identity? Are you a Ross? Are you a Rachel? You know? Right. Yeah. yeah. Do you think that um, connection, normalizing your experience with someone else's in public who is um, identified as a, a, a regular human being, accepted as a regular human being in pop culture? Right. Do you think that um, this uh, that stories creating a, a a story in which uh, you know perhaps you be the hero or at least. A, a story that explains a lot of your life in a way that you, know, you don't feel depressed or down. Do you feel like it's also um, guiding like the future? So kind of, we kind of spent, uh, it seems like we have but more time about characterizing the past in, in a storytelling way, but do you think that that, that will lead to inspiring people to have create goals, to create new things, that new challenges, new things that they're moving toward? 100 percent yeah i think so if you identify yourself as like a hero who is one who overcomes something Mm -hmm. every obstacle that comes towards you you see as like this is a development of a hero but if you don't see yourself as a hero in that story you're going to see yourself as the one defeated by that thing or similarly i think it can even be expanded to the level of societies but i think i think it's no accident that like western christian societies have had the largest contribution to like the industrial revolution and then the way the climate has played out and i think personally i don't know if i have time to get into this but i do believe it has to do we have five minutes okay i'll do very quick i believe it has to do with creation myths and i think the story of adam and eve and the way they separate themselves from nature the way that god relates to nature way they they relate to nature and to each other has set the paradigm of man exists to subjugate and control or bring under dominion all of all of the world, whereas there are myths in other societies, particularly Eastern societies or uh, Sub-Saharan African societies, where that is not the creation myth, that they exist in continuum or they right. exist in relation to the nature around them. Okay. And then that's not something that you, that's not a sequela of that society. They mm-hmm. exist more harmoniously, for better mm-hmm. or for worse. There's no moral judgment there, except for we're destroying the climate. So there is a moral judgment there. The point being, the story you tell yourself about where you came from is important to what you're going to continue to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sorry, I totally agree with pulp that. It, pulp it down. I totally pulp agree with that. I, you know, and I, I want to kind of ask, you know, you kind of, again, you mentioned the, the hero's journey, Joseph Campbell, and things like that. And, and there's a, and, and we were, t- were talking about thinking of our own lives as far as stories and, and what we tell about ourselves and our lives. So in Joseph Campbell's Hero's Journey, there's the, there's the stage where it's the ordeal, right? Mm. The deep, deep inner crisis you have to face. 
in order to survive. So looking at your own lives, do you feel like you've already been through or are you currently going through an ordeal? And you going through a what? About? Going through a what? An ordeal. An ordeal. It's like, it's like, a, it's like a, a, a physical test or an inner crisis that you have to face mm. in order to survive. Med school. Yeah, you know, I, I was thinking that, that was it probably would be that. What? Which one? What did you say? Med school. I felt med like school. a man the day I left med school. I was like, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, I mean, in the sense that, like, I'm, I did this thing that was oh, yeah, totally. unbearable. Yeah, I did do a lightsaber. I get it. That's hilarious. Yeah. I feel like an adult now. Josh. Yeah, What's for that? sure. Yeah. I'd give you a lightsaber, for sure. Thank Maybe. you. Um, you know, one of the things that, uh, so I'm single, right? I'm dating. And um, I've been talking to one of my other single friends who's also in her 30s. And we've been, she, one of the things she told me um, was uh, if you knew that at, you know, way down the line in your future that you didn't end up marrying anyone, you didn't end up having kids and that sort of thing, you were single for the rest of your life, would that change how you're living right now? Like, if you knew that that was your future, would that change mm. how you're living right now? And that's just kind of like projecting a, an alternative future, um, like like rewriting your your goal, right? And thinking, can you deal with that? Is that so, is that so bad? Um, so, it, oh. it, yeah, it's, re, it's kind of like remixing the story, right? Changing the ending and what does that do rather than changing the past and what does that do to now? Yeah, I mean, um, and then, you know, and we, we had a show, um, we just had a show on nostalgia. Um, they found that when uh, people looked at their past, it, um, it did make them want to achieve important goals more. It cr increased their motivation for important, important life goals. So, yeah, I could see how, like, you look in the past, you do it, and you look in the future, it seems yeah. like it would increase your, your motivation to change your life or to, 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 pursue important meaningful goals. It can all goals. change your perception of the present, basically. Yeah. I feel, I, 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 yeah, I, I feel that this was a, a good discussion. Um, all right, and that should do it for us this tonight on Let's Get Psyched. Um, you, we've been talking about storytelling and the impact that that has for ourselves and for other people, stories that you tell about other folks, um, ways you perceive them. Thank you to our co-host, Dr. Toshi Yamaguchi, Dr. Edgar Ortega, and Dr. Joshua Poole. If you have comments, questions, or suggestions for the show, you can write us at getpsychedonkucr.gmail.com. That's getpsychedonkucr.gmail.com. And you can listen to past episodes of Let's Get Psyched on your favorite streaming platform. This episode was recorded in each of our respective homes and then mixed by our producer, Elliot Fong of KUCR. So special thanks go to him. I've been your host, psychologist, Dr. Aaron Parks. Tune in next week for another edition of Let's Get Psyched. <laughs>